Welcome to Digital Cryptids Presents E3. I'm Cassidy, and my pronouns are she and they. I'm Crash, my pronouns are they, them. Um, this is going to go up in the RNGG feed, so that way it counts as next week's episode. Mm-hmm. Um, E3, it's it's here. I'm in it. I'm, I've got my press badge that is on my phone, because it's an app that is, like, <laughs> halfway broken. Yeah. Um... Yeah, and I'm gonna. So Crash won't be here for all of them, but I will. I'll be yeah. here for every single aspect of E3 2021. <laughs> God, when you put it that way, it sounds so menacing. <laughs> oh yes, looking at my schedule and just thinking about how things are just starting to escalate slowly, mm. I'm just sitting here like. Yeah, I'm gonna not be doing... It's a good thing I postponed Cat D for, like, another week. Yeah, yeah. Because <laughs> trying to record that this Saturday would have been a nightmare. <laughs> YoshiPNightmare.png, or .mp3. I really should get that. I need to <laughs> rebuild that soundboard, and then I need to put that on there. <laughs> <laughs> that would be good. It'd be very good. Um, but yeah, so, um, so it's E3, um, I, I, like I said before, and I've said previously, I have a media pass. I'm part mm-hmm. of the game's media. You done it. Somehow. Um, <laughs> the how is I just, I made up a, a letterhead and sent him a letter. <laughs> um, but yeah, no, I, like I've I've done like appointments and stuff. I've seen video games. I have previewed builds that I'm not allowed to talk about on my computer. <laughs> uh, that's that's so cool though. So yeah, I've I've been doing that. That's what this first week has been. It's been a lot of me talking to to smaller developers and publishers, um, because I don't think the big publishers are doing anything until the the it actually starts. Hmm. Um, yeah. It's been exciting and fun. I've been having a good time. I have been asking questions not like a games journalist, but as if I was my games development college professor from like three years ago. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, I feel like I feel like that might be like really refreshing to be on like the interviewed side and like have somebody that has like perspective on game development and like. Like, I mean, it, like, I haven't gone like that in depth. It's more like a, I see a system happen and I go like, okay, but so what if happens when that system interacts with the other system? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Or I saw that ship fly into a rock. Does that do damage? <laughs> Is that damage? But yeah, so uh, I'm going to look at the schedule here. I'm going to go over what the broadcast schedule of E3 2021 is because I have it here in my uh, in my email inbox. Um, and I w- we will not be doing full coverage of everything, um, yeah. to be clear. I mean, I will probably look at everything for the final episode of this event, which will be uh, a, a, a post-E3 wrap-up cleanup thing, where mm-hmm. I talk about everything we've missed and whatever. Yeah. So uh, I'll say when it's a thing that we are going to be covering, and by we, I mean mostly me and all of the various guests, including Crash, mm-hmm. that I have lined up. Um, most of which should be familiar voices if you've listened to all of the Digital Cryptids family of podcasts. Otherwise, some of them will be new to you. Mm. <laughs> um, but yeah, so l- let me start. Uh, technically, the first event of E3 is not E3. It is, in fact, 
The Keeley Zone! <laughs> uh, Jeff Keeley's Summer Game Fest, which is today as we record, which is Thursday. Um, what it, it, we were recording before that, though, so we don't have any information to talk about from The Keeley Zone! <laughs> so I guess we'll just cover that stuff during the, the wrap-up at the end. Yeah, of, yeah. Uh, of E3. Um, or probably, I imagine a lot of stuff that gets shown there will might also just be re-shown during E3. There's a lot of, like, cross-contamination with that stuff. Mm. Uh, anywho, uh, actual E3 starts with the broadcast pre-show on Saturday, which we're not going to be talking about. We're not going to be talking about, uh, anything until the Ubisoft Forward pre-show and Ubisoft Forward start at 11 and 12. All of these times are Pacific times, because that's what I have here, and I don't want to do the adjustments on the fly. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, so for you on the East Coast, like me, just add three hours to any number I say. I only have to add one hour, which is so convenient. <laughs> But yes, so it's the pre-show, and then the Ubisoft pre-show, and then Ubisoft at uh, Ubisoft starting at noon Pacific on Saturday, June 12th. Uh, and then after that, at 2 p.m. Pacific, we have the Gearbox E3 Showcase, which we will also be covering on, on our series of programs. Hmm. And then after that is a GamesBeat session, which I don't even know what that is. I think GamesBeat is like a, one of those journalist places mm. like a like a, an ign or a game spot yeah yeah that sounds about right and that's it for the major stuff on saturday as we move into sunday um starting with 24 entertainment's naraka blade point which i don't know what that is so i probably won't be talking about it until the end of uh e3 which starts <laughs> at nine which that is at 9 30 a.m pacific um but the thing that we will be recovering is at uh, 10 a.m. Pacific, the Xbox and Bethesda Games Showcase. All right, because Bethesda is Xbox exclusive now. Not like exclusive, but it's a subdivision. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, it won't be exclusive for like another year or two. Okay. I think uh, all the current games are for sure going to be like anything they've announced already will be, um, you know, what they had, on what they announced it for. Mm-hmm. I'm curious um, to see if uh, we'll get footage of the two, like, really big games that they've been, like, that have been, like, cooking, simmering under the surface. Uh, oh, are you talking about Starfield? Starfield and also Elder Scrolls Six. Oh, we're not going to see anything from Elder Scrolls Six. That's a figure, yeah. Uh, I doubt, I. it's a question of we'll, if we'll ever actually see anything about Starfield. Uh-huh. Um, presumably we will but like what that will be um mm. oh yeah we sort of like didn't talk about what we might expect from ubisoft or gearbox yeah um, ubisoft and gearbox i like i like some of their games but i don't play a whole lot of them so i guess that's why i didn't chime in and be like you know oh i wonder if we're gonna see a new ass creed or you know a new... so that's the, that's the thing right they've already done the first dlc for uh the current assassin's creed and it's too soon to do another one of those just yet i feel yeah. like unless yeah. you're hinting at what it's going to be and release it next year mm. um and even then it might be iffy with the the covid times yeah yeah exactly i feel like covid19 is going to be a, a major player in the c3 and like i feel like 
I feel like fans need to probably temper their expectations, you know. I mean, we're probably going to see something about the new Far Cry, which I don't give a a single (laughs) shit about because it's, like, you know, very, very bad, Um, you know. Yeah, love... From a political standpoint, really. Love Ubisoft's dedication to making games that are based off of real-life current events, but also going, but our games aren't political, we're not trying to make a statement. It's just like... uh, it's so good. It warms Did my, they actually my... ever say that about like Watch Dogs Legion? I feel like they said something different about Watch Dogs Legion. I I did not pay attention to Watch Dogs. I just know that that's their thing with Far Cry. Is every yeah. every new Far Cry game? Every comes Far out. Cry, every Ghost Recon, every yeah, every it's Tom like Clancy. It's like, and, and I feel like Far Cry is especially uh, offensive in a way because like those games are reflections of like current events and like modern politics but then they got to be like oh well we're not trying to make a commentary we just want like the aesthetic of like the radical you know Mm -hmm. evangelical south but like we're not going to say anything about it we just want that aesthetic Mm -hmm. and it's like sure cool whatever (laughs) yeah uh the assassin's creed games are made by a diverse team featuring people of different gender identities ethnicities and religion religious mm-hmm. beliefs <laughs> um i i i i hope i pray i don't know what this will look like because you know normally ubisoft is like for sure like on the stage they do the thing mm-hmm. so i don't know what they're gonna do now that they are they going to have a stage anyways is it going to be like the fan fest uh the final fantasy fan fest where mm. they're just on a stage with no audience because right. i I want to know if they're going to bring out the Just Dance mascot dancers. Mm-hmm. I I hope I hope we get something silly about Just Dance. I could use it in, oh, the, yeah. in these trying times. We're probably gonna get like a, a bunch of people on Twitter being like, wait, they're still making Just Dance games for the Wii slash Wii U and everybody like replying to that and being like, Oh yeah, no, the Wii is still very, you know, popular in hospitals and like things like that. And yeah. Ubisoft is like actually really good about still making like their new Just Dance titles that are compatible with like certain older systems. Because like also, like the systems of Just Dance basically haven't changed except for they've added sort of like a more like online storefront approach to certain parts of it. Uh huh. Yeah, maybe like you know polishing the graphics a bit for like the more modern versions. Uh, anyways, Xbox Bethesda, we'll probably see, you know, probably gonna get an update about, uh, Halo Infinite. Mm-hmm. Um, probably get an update about maybe a new Forza game. Is it time for a Forza Horizon? I think it might be time for a Forza Horizon. Yeah, yeah, that sounds right. I don't remember what the last Forza was. Um, and, you know, you're gonna hear about, uh, whatever Bethesda, probably get like a, a T- you know, something about the launch of a Deathloop or whatever that game is called. Yeah, yeah. I was going to say, I feel like uh, we're getting close to whenever that's coming out. I think it might already be out. Mm. I've heard people talk about it on uh, stuff such as Giant Bomb. Gotcha. Yeah. Um, um, but yeah, you know, probably, you know, a lot of stuff that you expect. Uh, mm. Hopefully announcements of any sort of videos game on yeah. Xbox. Yeah. <laughs> uh and then after that at 12 15 p.m on sunday june 13th um again pacific time uh we have square enix 
God. I feel weird because, like, I, I, of course I'm excited for, you know, Square Experience presentations, but also, like, we got that whole, like, Dragon Quest, like, I think stream. we're going to get, like, a second announcement of Dragon Quest Twelve for the people who didn't watch the Dragon Quest Yeah. Stream. Oh, yeah. No, for sure. And, like, maybe even, like, even a short, like, a slightly longer teaser, No, possibly. I think it's just going to be the exact same teaser. Yeah. That's my bet. That's my bet is it's going to be the exact same. I forget. Do they sh- reshow the expansion trailer for 14 at E3? I don't know. I don't remember. It's been two years. I don't think, yeah, I don't think they did that for Shadowbringers, but like, I don't know. I feel like they do show something about 14, so maybe they'll show like the cinematic trailer again, mm-hmm. but I, I don't think they'll go into much detail. They'll just oh, yeah. say like, oh yeah, it'll be out this November. Mm-hmm. Um, you are now. Yeah, get your earrings. <laughs> In-game, not real life. Although, I would like a pair of the new like exp earrings but in real life they're like cute and lunar and dangly you know what uh they, they've been doing all these uh all of this merch that's focused on the job crystals job crystal earrings would be pretty good oh gosh i would i would wear i would wear fisher like earrings <laughs> oh yeah that's the thing i they don't do most of the the job uh job crystal merch of fisher though yeah like yeah that's the thing is 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 as the gathering roles are still considered classes they don't they're not like the promotion yeah um which is like where the job crystals come in but yeah um not talking about 14 because i don't want to distract us too long because we have a lot of other things to talk about yes i am curious to see more about triangle strategy i feel like we're probably going to get like a a little bit more about it and maybe even like a second demo do you think we're gonna get because they announced the uh the dragon quest 3 hd 2d do Mm. you think they're gonna do like an old final fantasy hd 2d oh interesting you bring that up apparently the mobile versions of final fantasy 3 and final fantasy 4 recently got an icon update for ios that on the bottom adds a little banner that reads 3d on them so it they might be doing an hd 2d remake of final fantasy 3 and 4 i i could get behind an hd 2d remake of final fantasy 4 yeah, I am. So I'm the personally crisp JPEG of you, Spoonie Bard. <laughs> I, I I think I'm, I'm personally excited for three because um, I really do like the DS version, but I I want them to <laughs> uh, do away with the current save system that that game has and like just let us save anywhere because it's like come on, it's it's 2021. Like modernize the game a tiny bit. Let me save just like outside of save rooms because it makes the final dungeon so much less stressful if you can like just save before a boss instead of having to like climb the final dungeon and then also do like a gauntlet of bosses all in a row without a save mm-hmm. um Looking also like you, uh mother one <laughs> game that i stopped playing because of very similar save issues right uh i don't know like I, I don't know if we're going to see much of uh, Final Fantasy 16. Um, um, I feel like we'll see like another trailer. I think it'll be a yeah. new, different trailer. Gonna Maybe see a telling bunch of... us more about what the, the the feel of the game, the smell of the game. Uh, 
Hopefully the smell isn't too rancid, although. <laughs> uh, uh, you know, we're going to get something from, um, I believe, Eidos Montreal has a new game. Oh, yeah. Um, let's let's go Gex 4. <laughs> God, if, I, I joked every other E3 about like, oh, yeah, here's it's time for Gex. But like, actually, if that happens this year, um, there will be a recording of me just going like, hey, what the fuck? <laughs> I mean, like, I feel like with, like, Crash Bandicoot and Spyro's, like, success in their HD remakes and, you know, Crash getting its own, you know, like, you know, Crash 4 finally came out. Like, Mm -hmm. I don't know. I could could see. Okay, actually, I couldn't see a Gex HD remaster because uh, a lot of Gex just does not age well. (laughs) <laughs> um, even as someone who has nostalgia for, I have nostalgia for it because I was a kid who didn't know what any of the funny jokes were because yeah, I was a yeah. kid in, at mm. the time that I played it Yeah, and those jokes were dated at the time anyways <laughs> could you um, imagine if they try to update some of the humor and it's like Gex making um, like TikTok humor okay no so I've, I've thought about what a Gex uh, a Gex reboot sequel would be because I thought about maybe doing like a single level of it as like a fun like joke fan game. Yeah. Um. It's you play as. <laughs> uh, you play as uh, Gex's teen daughter, mm. uh, who has to go into like um, you know, like old tapes or video game stuff, like you know, the that kind of thing. Um, and it's like the same kind of like, you know, very very like boiled down kind of parody versions of those things mm-hmm. um but you know like she's a, a new teen you have a different take on the humor yeah uh, and then like you know gex is trapped in the media dimension mm. i don't know i just I, I feel like um i don't know i just I, I want there to be more character platform platformers and I feel like if they put the work in, I feel like Gex could be fun to bring back, even if it's like not exactly like one to one remake of, you know, the original one. All right. Uh, one last question to put the Square Enix panel before we have to move on. Mm-hmm. Um, Kingdom Hearts. Kingdom Hearts. I think we're at least going to get like a like a title and like a, something's in the works. I don't think we're going to get like anything like huge, major, crazy um but i think we're, we're gonna at least get like confirmation that like something is bo- like something's brewing okay I, i'm just curious because like you know like it, there was sort of like a, a lull and like you know i don't know how much the uh the kingdom hearts spin art non uh numbered sequels were getting play at e3 before but i remember you know like after i want to say after like 2017 kingdom hearts became like a nope it's it's here every year ah uh, yeah um Granted, that was just mostly for three and then the three DLC, mm-hmm. um, because Melody of Memory came out in a post E three world. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, it did. Um, but I, I'm wondering if, um, you know, because like they they ended the mobile game. I wonder if there's going to be a new thing they can they have planned that'll get you to spend microtransaction dollars. Yeah, yeah, or like, and if so, is that a thing that they announce here, or is that a thing they wait until it's closer to release, or what? Yeah, or like, I could even see them saving that for like, what is it, D twenty three or whatever the Disney conventions are. Yeah. Um. Yeah, it's a I don't know. I feel like we're gonna at least get like 
We're going to hear the words Kingdom Hearts. Yeah, yeah. I just don't know if it's going to be like anything crazy or major. I don't know. I could be wrong. Maybe it'll even just be about like the, uh, the PC releases. Cause like those happened not too long ago. Those that happened this year, actually. Yeah. Yeah. And they're on the Epic game store or maybe, maybe there'll be, uh, some switch switch ports. Maybe Mm. who could say who could, who could honestly say, um, all right. Uh, next up, uh, we have three things still on Sunday, none of which we will be covering in depth. Uh, we have Warner Brothers Games Back for Blood, which I believe is a specific game Okay, um, that I had never heard of. But that's at 2pm. Uh, 2.30, it's the PC Gaming Show, which I could not give myself get myself to care about, except for to maybe go back afterwards and just pull the, uh, the highlight of announcements. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the Future Games Show, which I believe is a specific publisher or something, on uh, I, I looked at their booth. I didn't see anything I recognized. Um, yeah. Yeah. Shrug. Hmm. Hosted by actors Troy Baker and Laura Bailey from The Last of Us Part Two. Oh, okay. Oh, okay. The Future Games Show is Games Radar's flagship digital games showcase. All right, that's all you need to know. Gotcha. Um, Monday. Monday, June 14th. We're starting off strong at 9 a.m. Pacific with Verizon. Okay. They're going to talk about 5G and gaming. Interesting. At 9.45, continuing the strong start with Intellivision. They're probably <laughs> going to talk about the Amico. It's funny, the first time you, you, you brought up this brand, I thought you were talking about this, what is it, the Satellaview from the Super Nintendo? Oh. <laughs> I was like, wait, they're making another one of those? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's the Satella view, but for your phone. Yeah. <laughs> um, well, sorry, I stepped. I clicked away from the uh, the thing. Okay. After Intellivision at uh, ten fifteen a.m., the Take Two Interactive Panel. So originally, I was planning on covering this, but I then learned that it's more of like a like a discussion panel. I think. Mm. Um. So I'm not going to. Uh, to stake that as a thing we're going to record on, and I, I will maybe come back to it if there's anything of importance. Yeah, that that's fair, I feel like. At 11.10 on Monday, uh, Mythical Games. And it's like, a, it's like sort of one of the, the smaller publishers, if I'm not mistaken. Mm-hmm. Um, I'll have to look again to see which one that is here. Oh, yeah, no, that's the one that um, is about NFTs in the blockchain, so fuck them. Oh, right. Ugh. Uh, I, even if anything of importance does happen there, I'm not going to cover it. Fuck you. Right. Uh, at 12 p.m. Pacific time, we have the Indie Showcase, followed by, at 12.30 p.m., the Freedom Games, which is very, very similar stuff. Um, mm. So that, I'm going to combine those together, uh, and we will be talking about that instead of the Take-Two Interactive panel. Gotcha. Um, at 1 p.m., Venn, which I believe is a streaming service, uh, like a, like a Twitch-style sh- uh, service. Mm. Uh, at 2.30 p.m., Capcom, which we will be talking about. Uh, and at uh, 3 p.m., it's uh, Razer, you know, the, the people who do the computer things. Mm-hmm. We will not be discussing that uh, as a standalone thing. Uh, and then in the final day of the E3 broadcast stuff... 
We have uh, at 9 a.m. Pacific, that is noon Eastern time for the folks of you over here on the East Coast. Uh, that is when Nintendo is doing their Nintendo Direct and starting the Nintendo Treehouse streams. So, uh, you know, be sure to, to catch that. Cause, you know, people are going to love to people love to talk about those things. Mm-hmm. Um, I we will be covering that here. Um, we will not be covering it as quickly as all of the other things. Uh, everything else I'm going to try to record at least, if not with the same day, within like the same 12 hours. Um, yeah. And getting it out, you know, relatively soon if I don't get swamped by just how much work that is. Um, but because that stuff's on Tuesday and I work Tuesday nights and also Wednesdays, like all of Wednesday, uh, that is going to be postponed on our coverage until, uh, I believe, until Thursday is when we could record it. Uh, yeah. At the earliest. So yeah. um, stay tuned for that. We'll you'll probably hear that in exactly a week from now. Um, mm. At 2.25 p.m. after the Nintendo stuff, we have Bandai Namco, which we will also Bam- be covering. Bamco. Oh, do you think they're going to talk about the new... Bamco does the Tales games, right? Um, I think so. I wonder if they're going to talk about the new one, because it actually kind of looks fun. I'm, I'm like, kind of looking forward to Tales of Arise. I wonder if they're going to do, like, a new Jump Force. Yeah, yeah, or, um, Fighters? Hmm... Maybe I feel like, like fighters, fighter. they've been like keeping up to date so much. That I think there needs to be like one year of no updates before they make a new fighters. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think that was less of like, I wonder if they're going to make a new one and more just like if they're going to like talk about any updates for it. Oh, how many more Gokus could they possibly add? Literally every. They've gotten most of them. Mm-hmm. Um, after that, we have uh, at 3.20 p.m. Eureka Studios. That's Y-O-O. R-E-K-A. Um, I guess another smaller one probably won't be covering that um, as a standalone thing. Yeah. Then there's the 3.35 p.m. GameSpot Play for All Showcase, which I don't actually know what that is. <laughs> um, and then at 4.45 p.m. is uh, the official E3 2021 awards show. Uh, that All of that stuff will have to, if there's anything of importance, get covered in the wrap-up. Mm-hmm. And that's it for the uh, the official E3 2021 broadcast schedule that I've been handed. Nice. Um, and that's that's it. I think for the uh, the official E3 stuff. Like I said, um, do you have any questions for me about the E3 app and event dashboard? Um. So yeah, it's like it seems very. I wouldn't say not good, but like. It seems like barely functioning. Has has it been like frustrating for you to use so far? Uh, it's been like so. The things that aren't functioning with it are um, it's either things that I don't see, or yeah. um, it's any of the gamification stuff. All of the gamification stuff is broken. Yeah. Um, because there's like badges and stuff that I'm supposed to be unlocking or quests, and I'm getting like keys or whatever, but I'm not actually getting any of those. It mm. says that I've gotten fifty points. I don't know how. Um, I have three badges and they're all the same badge. I I don't know what's happening. Um, right. Hopefully that it does fix. Cause I hope like that does seem like something that I I was interested in it at first, and a lot of that stuff, like I was like, oh, I'll get a chance to see what it's like uh, before people show up and get to actually interact with it. But at this rate, uh, it might be broken when the general public gets to get their hands on it, which will be bad. 
Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, there's like a forums. It's it's just like a, a weirdly formatted forums. I mm. it doesn't. It's like someone tried to recreate old forums, but with a new look, and it doesn't look good. Um, yeah. There's an events tab, which for me only ever has like, hey, the DVSI Entertainment Show Just Press Start Showcase. Would you like to add that to your schedule? And I'm like, oh, okay. <laughs> That's literally the only thing there. At one point, the Square Enix uh, thing was go- was on there, and I added that to my schedule, and then it disappeared. Hmm. Good. Uh, but it's in my schedule. It's over there on the on the left side of my screen. It. So I, I don't know what's going on with that. The booths, it, it's been updating regularly as more people, uh, you know, finish their booth stuff and make it public. Mm. That's been working fine. You know, you go to there, you can, um, you know, go to their links. You can drop a business card, which is just sharing their information. I am now starting to get people like replying to some of that stuff. So presumably it is working. There's mm-hmm. a send message feature, which um, I haven't really used. I've sent one message and I haven't gotten a response um, but that could just be, you know, the booth that I messaged kind of thing. Yeah, yeah. Um, there's, like, a thing where you can friend people and you can follow them also. I don't know what following them does. I don't really know what friending them does. Um, I have friended exactly one person because they had sent me a friend request and uh, I was like, okay, that's fine. Um, but yeah, th- 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 that hasn't done anything. It's like... The stuff that I need to be there is there. The stuff that I would like to be there isn't working. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, the avatar creator is, like, it was it was neat-ish. Mm-hmm. When I, when I heard that there was, like, oh, you can unlock things by interacting with the booths, I thought it was going to be more like, oh, you unlock things for, like, the avatar creator. Yeah, yeah. But uh, that does not seem to be the case. Um, that's it. I think everything that I need to say or can possibly say about the E3 app. Mm-hmm. Um, the phone version is worse to me than the uh, than the browser version because every time I close the phone version, I have to relog in. Ooh. Um. Okay. Uh, I suppose I should talk about the the three games I saw on Monday. Yeah, I can do yeah. that. Uh, so literally in the first day of E3, I managed to, to schedule something uh, with the uh, the publisher Hooded Horse, I believe, uh, and they showed us the they showed me uh, individually because it was all individual stuff. Mm. Uh, the first three games they'll be publishing, which um, I believe for the developers that they're publishing for, is technically the first three game or the first game from each of those developers is like a standalone individual. Or not standalone individual, because, you know, some of them are teams, obviously. Mm. But, like, as, as a standalone developer, because some of these people uh, also, I think, uh, had history in other, with larger companies. Mm. Um, it was three different space strategy games. <laughs> uh, starting with um, Terra Invicta is the first one that I saw. It is, like, a grand strategy uh, game. Uh, to, they described it as a grand strategy alien invasion sim. Mm. Uh, and the, the game, uh, it seems to have sort of like stages in a sense of like the early game will take place solely on Earth and then the later game takes place throughout the entire solar system. But you're not playing as like a, a country or an empire on Earth or whatever. You're playing as like one of six factions that represent ideas mm. uh, such as uh, resistance or... Uh, you know, being very pro-alien and stuff like that. I don't know if you actually play as those other factions or not. 
because I I only saw footage of the resistance stuff, and that would seems to be what the game was focused around. But I I didn't uh, think to ask about that. Yeah, it's okay. Um, you have like a, a party, which is like a council of like political leaders and stuff like that. Um, they each have like different things that you can send them to go do to to start to sway people's opinions because there's like a lot of public opinion stuff on like the earth earth aspect of it um because you know it's like okay the people in charge of this faction are the people supporting that faction or are the people generally on consensus of a different faction that kind of thing mm-hmm. um and then each of those individual people like because they can be in charge of companies and organizations that like counts as their equipment this stuff i didn't get like a full grasp on i was more interested in the bigger picture um yeah but uh it, you know it's it's very much like a it feels like a game of two games, mm-hmm. if that makes any sense. Yeah, yeah. Um, I was told like the beginning is sort of like an X Files feel of like, okay, we get there's evidence of like aliens appears on Earth, and then that escalates as aliens begin to like enter the system or approach the system or whatever, mm-hmm. and you know, going to space and all of that. Yeah. Um. Once you get into space, though, there's stuff like launching uh, stations and off off-world uh, habitation uh, bases and stuff like that, um, and all of that stuff is like a modular builder in a sense. Like, mm. There's like, in the sense of like, all right, here's sort of like a map of the layout of nodes, and you can put down different things in the different nodes. God, that sounds really cool. <laughs> uh, yeah, it, it did look pretty cool, um, it, and it's also something similar for the ships in that like. Um, all right, here's, like, the ship layout of, like, here's, like, five spots and, like, the things that are supposed to go in those spots, and you just, like, pick from drop-down menus and stuff. Um, and you can use that to build, like, you know, uh, classes of ships that you can then mass-produce. Stuff like that. Mm. Uh, so it it's a game of sort of, like, about uh, geography, in a sense, uh, is sort of what they were telling me. Uh, like, the between the geopolitical stuff of the invasion on earth mm. and then like the strate- the strategic geography of a solar system is yeah. one of the things they wanted to focus on um you know like because of the way things are laid out in space uh they were even telling me about how uh they managed to get uh accurate planet positioning to um not like to like real time in that like where they are right now is where they will be but like in the sense of like the layout of the planets on this date, or like if you plugged in this date into it, it would look the same as if it did on that date. Uh huh. Yeah. That kind of thing. Uh, which which I thought was really neat. You know, it's a lot of uh, work to just it's uh it's just neat. It's it's impressive. Hmm. Uh, and then they showed me a bit of what the combat looks like because there's a skirmish mode um that you can just jump into if you want to do combat quickly and not have to do like you know, a full, a full game to get to the combat. Mm-hmm. But, uh, you, you know, you bring in your ship layout, um, and stuff. And the, uh, the, the stuff itself looks like, um, it's very momentum based, you know, they, they were talking about how, uh, you know, when a ship is in motion, it's going to keep moving unless you put in the effort to stop it. It's mm-hmm. not just going to stop when it gets to the end of its movement route. Yeah, which um, is it, really interesting. <laughs> it really, it, like, the way the stuff worked reminded me a lot of the, the X-Wings miniatures game. Mm-hmm. Um, but what if instead of having to use preset cardboard things, you had, like, a, a, a chain of individual links, and, like, you could adjust the link to adjust the track? 
Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, like that, the, the way that those can move depends on you know, like how much speed it's carrying, how maneuverable the ship is, that kind of thing. Um, and they also, uh, they also had like three D up and down movement too, which is not something I expected because it's like you know, it's always like a, an iffy thing of if that's going to be in a, sort of like these uh, map based games. Hmm. Uh, but no, it, it is, and it's it's very like physics based looking stuff. It seemed uh, generally pretty neat. Um, that stuff, uh, the actual combat, I believe, was in real time. Hmm. Um, or I, I think you could pause it to to adjust movement things, but then like once you hit the button to go, it would play that stuff out, and things would happen. But yeah, that's uh that's what I saw of Terra Invicta. Nice. Oh, I should um say the name of that developer is, because I uh I had that at some point. Um, let me go to my notes robot. Uh, Terra Invicta is developed by Pavanus Interactive. Hmm. Uh, the, the second thing I looked at as part of that was uh Alliance of the Sacred Sons, which is developed by Cathawk Studios. Um, and this is more of like um. Like a, one of those political, uh, political style 4X games, sort of like a, a Crusader Kings, I would describe it, uh, I would compare it to. Yeah. Um, I don't think it's, I don't know what the differences are because I didn't play much Crusader Kings, um, but it is something that's like in that vein of like, if you were going to look at the two boxes, you would say this belongs on the same shelf. Mm, yeah. So to speak. Um, but the twist that they uh, talked about here is that you play as an individual and not in the Crusader King sense of like, all right, you play as the king. And then when the king dies, you play as the son and when the son, etc. It's no, you play as one person. And when that person dies, the game is over. <laughs> uh, you're the last of your faction. Uh, and you have like viceroys and governors that work for you, but they're of other factions. Like they, they count for other houses. Right. Um. And so you're just, you know, trying to keep your empire going and leaving a legacy. Mm-hmm. Um, and it it seems like this person was very much a focus, or the, de- the development of the game seems to be very focused on, like, a, a social aspect stuff between characters. Like, in order to build a factory on one of your planets or whatever, in order to pr- produce more things, to get more resources, you have to talk to someone to have it built. Like, yeah, because you're playing as like an emperor, you're not playing as a foreman. Mm-hmm. You know, as the emperor, you don't just go make the thing. You talk to the foreman, and the foreman has to listen to you to do it, and that kind of thing. Right. Um, and you know, be- depending on your relationships with different people and their different houses, you know, sometimes the thing that you want to happen just won't happen. Hmm. Um, and the various different houses in the game have different specialties. You know, there's like a house that's great at doing technological stuff and things like that. Um, I also think it's really neat that, uh, so you know how like those kind of, uh, those games generally tend to be broken into like either continents or like planets or star systems or whatever. Uh, this is technically also in star systems, but they're grouped by constellation. Mm. Which I think is really neat as a concept. Um, and instead of doing like, you know, like actual like, you know, uh, sending things off to war and managing, like, how war strategy happens. It's more like a, you know, if a challenge is declared, there's a war that's going to happen, but you're not going to see any of that stuff because, well, you're the emperor, you're not a general. Mm. So, like, whatever they do is sort of what they're going to do. 
Yeah, yeah. Um, and it's all very, it's not like real time or anything like that. It is uh, turn based and each turn you have like a different set of action points that you can spend to do different things. Gotcha. Um, I, it's not my cup of tea, really, but uh, I do think it's a, a very neat twist on things that are in that same uh, same ballpark. All of that stuff also just isn't my cup of tea. It's not anything on the game's fault. It's just that genre is not for me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, I wish I had more water, but I don't. <laughs> it's okay. I just need to make it through one more of these. Um, so the last thing I saw was Falling Frontier, which... Uh, let me get the the developer for that. Um, Stutter Fox Studios. Uh, this is a game where I think they really nailed. First thing I need to say about the game is that they've they fucking nailed the uh, the UI design. Mm-hmm. Like they, they they were talking about how they spent a lot of time uh, working on that because that's something they were really inspired to focus on. Mm-hmm. Um, but. Golly gee, is the is this UI good? Um, I'm gonna send you one of the screenshots that's on the Steam page. Mm. So like, there's like that. There's like hexes and stuff. Or right, here, here's another image of like a menu. Oh wow! Okay. Yeah, they they said they put some time into it. They they certainly uh, it certainly shows. Hmm. Um. Oh yeah. Okay, here here's one more because this is like a one of the map views. Like zoomed in a little bit more than the other one. Um, oh wow! <laughs> if I had to describe it like visually, I would say something along the lines of like a battle tech UI, uh, or like the most recent one of those. Mm-hmm. Maybe like a, an Armored Core Five. Even I remember yeah, having some yeah. of this look. Um, for the folks at home who aren't seeing the screenshots that I'm sending you, um, mm-hmm. it, it's mostly an RTS. It seems, but with like a with elements of 4x in a way. Um, uh. The the big if I had to describe like you know so far I've been like describing the games it's like all right here's like the one defining feature I can sort of glean like the the way they seem to have built this game around like the first game it was about geography the second game was about you know social stuff this game is about line of sight mm. <laughs> if yeah if if that's the first thing I was like sort of picking up from what they were describing everything with is um like you can't see part of the maps that you can't see and stuff like that so you, there might be a planet over there. Uh, and you might even know that there's a planet over there, but if it's out of your line of sight, you're not going to see it. Um, so you're launching po- probes and using satellites to deal with that. Um, but also, like, if you launch a probe, it may not make it there. Or it mm-hmm. might make it over there, and it might, like, send off a signal that other people can see. Yeah. And stuff like that. Um, I believe they said the scale of the game will be, like, about, like, one solar system or so. Mm-hmm. Um... Uh, and the, the resources, you know, because, like, in an RTS, you need resources to build units. Mm-hmm. Um, but in this game, they're, like, straight up, like, a physical resource, in a sense, of, like, uh, for example, in, like, an RTS, if you send out a driller unit to go drill up some stuff, once it drills it up, there's, like, a, most games, it's gonna just, like, okay, now it's in your inventory, you can spend that at any of your bases to build a thing. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, in this, it's, like, no, if it, that is where... Where that resource is, is where it is. So when it comes back, it comes back to you like this station, and like the stuff around the station will get to use it. But if you want to use it somewhere else, you gotta like ship it over there. And so time <laughs> has gotta pass. You yeah, gotta hope it yeah. Gets there. Yeah, and then like I don't know, I, I kind of 
Like, that's not a thing that I would have ever, like, thought of a possibility within this genre, but, like, the first time you described this to me, I was like, oh, that's actually kind of, like, really fun, actually. Well, yeah, it's, it's very... Maybe not fun, but, like, it's very interesting. It's a lot of very interesting design stuff. Um, mm-hmm. As in this game specifically, like, this is not a game that I would like to play, but it's one of the games that I would like... I would like to see all of these games get played. I mm. personally am not, I don't have the brain or the, yeah, my brain is not the kind that would like sit down and just like play a bunch of it. But I know a lot of people who would, and I, I think they would enjoy it mm. and I would love to watch them play it. Yeah, exactly. Um, so each of the ships that you send out, like they have crews of like people, um, and various members of those crew can like give buffs or stuff like that. And when they get attacked, they, those characters. Like, depending on where they are on the ship, and part of the ship gets hit, that might, you know, hurt them or kill them and stuff like that. Um, so, this is one thing that they said that I was like, okay, I, I get why it's true. Um, but also, like, you know, because it's like a resource game where you're managing stuff, there's also, like, taxes involved. Like, that's one of your ways to get money is, you know, you're taxing your population. Uh, including your crew. The crew on the ships also pay taxes. Mm. So if a ship dies, like a ship gets destroyed, all of the crew on there also die, and you lose them as part of like getting money. Which I thought was like, oh, okay, I get, I get how you come to that decision. I guess. Um. Uh, and then uh, the ship to stuff like you can customize the ships by like you know. Uh, in that one picture I sent you where you see the ship view, there's, like, you know, a handful of hard points where you can just, like, swap out the weaponry, or, like, if you switch over to internal, there's, like, a bunch of, uh, in- interior, uh, parts that you can swap out, like, oh, we need to upgrade the shield generator, or whatever. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, you know, that that's how that is. Like, it's, like, a bunch of set, sort of, chassis, uh, and frames that you're just slapping new things onto. Yeah. Yeah, which I really like, because, like, I think in a lot of the RTSs that I've played, it's more about, like, you know, making the research and, like, div- like upgrading your stuff through, like, what you can do in certain facilities. And in this, it feels like the ships themselves are a lot more important, and it's about, like, maintaining them and upgrading them and, like, having them progress with you as you go throughout the game. I think that's a really interesting choice. Mm-hmm. Um, and like in the combat stuff, you know, it's like got that RTS thing. Again, it's another case where like line of sight comes up. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I, I asked cause I, I did see at one point, like they had a couple ships heading towards like an enemy ship and one of the, the ships passed in front of the other one. And I was like, okay, well, I gotta ask, can friendly mm. fire happen? But, uh, they said that no, it's currently turned off uh, okay. cause it just wasn't fun. <laughs> I, I definitely get that. <laughs> Um, uh, and stuff like, um, did I write this down? I'm not sure if I did write it down. Um, there, there was a part where, like, one of the ships, like, plowed through, uh, an asteroid and it crumbled. And that didn't necessarily do damage to the ship, but, like, it, it acts as cover, uh, the, the different rocks flying out also can, like, disrupt and block, uh, shots and things like that. Mm-hmm. Um, at least from, from what I could tell. Um, also, like, if, if your ship gets disabled, the crew can be captured, they could give up information, stuff like that. Um. Yeah, yeah. 
if your ship does get disabled, but like they're they're not destroyed, the, the crew can do like repairs on it to get at least up and running. But you can't do full repairs without going to, like to a station. And if you're at a station repairing, that means you can't build a ship where that ship is being repaired, and and stuff like that. Mm. Um, and so they 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 also uh, showed me uh, an aspect where they they were uh, building out the narrative of the game, uh, like what the narrative campaign will be. Uh, and that, uh, they're doing, they're building a tool to do that. And then they're just going to like put that tool in the game so you can build your own scenarios. Uh, and they, they showed me what it looks like to, uh, to like build a solar system in that. And mm. it, it's very like, all right, you just drop this here. You can resize it and you change the color, change the kind of lighting the sun gives off that yeah. kind of stuff. Like, all right, the sun gives off sort of like more of a bluish hue and that kind of thing. <laughs> Um, and, you know, there's, like, events and stuff that you can program and things like that. Um, but, yeah, th- th- that's everything I saw uh, on Monday from the, the Hooded Horse publisher. Nice. I've seen one other game since then. I- I've seen... I'm going to see two more games today. I can't talk about them yet. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I-, I will talk about those uh, either... Um, I'll talk about them when they're relevant, uh, and I'm allowed yeah, to. yeah. I don't think I'll need to wait all the way until the uh, the wrap up for most of them. Hmm. Uh. But but we'll see. Um. Is there anything else we need to talk about? Um. I don't know. Like, I'm gonna be honest with you. I have not been thinking a lot about gaming recently. <laughs> I have I have been busy in my personal life, so I'm just kind of like. And I think that that kind of is making E3 like a little bit more exciting for me because like I really don't have any expectations for what they could be doing. So they being like the respective like um, game publishers. So uh, I don't know. I'm just like it's one of those things where it's like I'm I guess I'm glad I'm not going to be like in in the, the thick of like all of the like constantly updating stuff and more of like i can like check my phone on my lunch break and be like oh cool something like nice happened awesome and then kind of like keep going back to like doing what i'm doing you'll be able to listen to the the podcast featuring your good friends mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. uh but yeah I- i'm excited to podcast i like podcasting um this will be a lot of it this will be like i did a lot of podcasting at the end there of march madness so when things were like rounds were wrapping up within like 24 hours mm. um but this this will be like that but like that entire month's worth of stuff in a single weekend <laughs> it'll be a, a nightmare for me uh as an editor but it'll be fun probably mm-hmm. yeah <sighs> i don't have to start doing that until saturday though i got one more day of freedom <laughs> But yeah, uh, you're not really uh, scheduled to be on any of those until Square Enix. Um, yeah. So uh, I'll have to check in again with you there, I guess. Yeah. Yeah, that'll be fun. Um, what is... What's our sign-off? How are we ending this show? Oh, I, I can I can do one more um, Pride plug. I can do... Well, let's do plug, regular plugs, and then I can do a Pride plug, and then... I can't worry about what the outro is. <laughs> <laughs> um, so you can find all of the RE3 coverage on Digital Cryptids at Digital Cryptids. 
Um, like I said, this first one's going up in the RNGG feed as well, but for the rest of them will not be. Um, Crash. I'm on Twitter, at CrashingLeaves14. I'm not really posting, but you can certainly find me there. <laughs> Cassidy, where are you online? Uh, you can find me on Twitter, at MadLobotanist, that's M-A-D-L-O-B-O-T-A-N-I-S-T. Uh, I, I will probably be, uh... Not tweeting as much, or maybe tweeting even more. Uh, who knows? <laughs> who knows how uh, the editing hell that I'm going into will treat me? Yeah, yeah. Um, but uh, you can all, let me do the the pride plug. So uh, I think I'm not going to be able to do it for the rest of these. Maybe I can do it again for the wrap up. But uh, I wanted to do this one because it's it's technically next week's RNGG. And mm. it is June, mm-hmm. um, so this time I'm gonna I'm gonna plug a Twitch streamer, um, because that that seems appropriate. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um. So I let me just uh let me let me check something. Okay. Yeah. So I'll be plugging uh, uh Siobhan, which is uh, at Spellbound Mage on Twitter, uh, Twitch.tv/slash Runaway Sorcery. She streams video games. She's also like on a few podcasts. Um, I I, I plugged Otherware last time on this show. I think. Mm. Um, I didn't do it during recording. I had to do that in post. Um, because I forgot to. Um, but you know she's on that. Uh, she streams uh video games such as Final Fantasy Thirteen. Mm-hmm. And Valkyria Chronicles. Nice. Um, does VTube stuff sometimes. Um, it you know I I just. I figure, uh, go go check her out um, on, on those services. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and that's it, I think, uh, for plugs and such. So, um, I'll 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 catch you catch you next time on that E three show floor. Bye.